I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You are listening to an HD Smartcast original. Hi, here's hoping you're well and safe. Considering the spread of novel coronavirus and its consequences, we at HD Smartcast have compiled a list of our most popular episodes about the pandemic from January till today. These have been covered by some of HD Media's most renowned journalists. This is to give you an idea of the trajectory of the illness and how it has affected multiple sectors of our daily lives till date so that you can make better informed decisions about your future. Welcome to our exclusive podcast, HD Media COVID-19 Audio Coverage. Hi, I'm Sanchita Sharma. I'm the Health and Science Editor with the Hindustan Times. Welcome to my podcast, HealthWise. Each episode will bring you up to speed with the top of the mind health, science and environment issues. You'll hear experts who will help you better understand policy and decipher jargon so that you can make the choices that work best for you. By now, most of us have become experts on coronavirus disease. We all know that it causes mild disease in most people, but in some people it can actually cause very severe disease that needs hospitalization, ventilator support. It actually kills people, mostly older adults and people with chronic conditions like diabetes, hypertension, kidney disease and other diseases that could complicate things further for them. Uh, what we also know is that it, the disease so far has largely spared young children. And very few children actually get very severe disease and very few children need hospitalization. And even deaths are pretty rare in younger children. But now experts are asking, clinicians are seeing a new trend, which are making them wonder whether coronavirus disease actually affects children differently. So globally now, clinicians are investigating the possible link of a potentially lethal inflammatory syndrome, which is characterized by high fever and swollen blood vessels in the guts and the intestines of young children. Uh, that can actually lead to complications. And this, they think, is linked to coronavirus disease. So what, what is this condition? Well, over the past few weeks, there have been about 100 cases of young children and these are like children, usually under five, who've been admitted to intensive care units with toxic shock, with symptoms very similar to a disease called the Kawasaki disease. Now, this has been seen in hospitals in the US and the UK, in France, Italy, Spain, Switzerland. So much so now that the World Health Organization is beginning to investigate the possibility of the link of the syndrome of Kawasaki syndrome with coronavirus disease. Now, what is Kawasaki syndrome? Well, it's an illness of unknown cause that affects the blood vessels of the heart and other organs. 
So, so the symptoms, like I said before, include high fever, but some children can have get very low blood pressure suddenly. There's rash. They have difficulty breathing. And it usually affects children under five years old. About a third of the cases in India are in older children. Kawasaki syndrome is fairly common in Asia. Uh, there are several cases in Japan, but that could also be because the cases are actually diagnosed and recorded there. And the incidence rate of Kawasaki syndrome is around 150 per 100,000 children below the age of five. But what experts again say that it could be that it largely remains undiagnosed in India. And there was a study that was published in the Global Cardiology Science and Practice Journal which said that boys are at a slightly higher risk than compared to girls with the male to female ratio being around 1.5 to 1% in India. So what's happening now is that many of the children who are being treated with this new syndrome, and it's not that very common in the US and, and in Europe, so what doctors are finding there is that some of these children with Kawasaki syndrome are also testing positive for coronavirus disease. Some children have not tested positive, but then again, clinicians believe that it could be that they had the disease and they have recovered. So when they're doing the RT-PCR test, the children are not really testing positive because they've already recovered from the disease and the virus is cleared from their body. So there is no coronavirus-linked Kawasaki syndrome case that's been reported from India. But then again, we don't know because people are not really watching out for it. Not too many children have been diagnosed with the disease in India yet. So as of now, we're largely safe. But again, with higher awareness, I think our clinicians, our doctors who are doing an excellent job of treating people in isolation wards, treating people with coronavirus disease, perhaps need to also watch out for Kawasaki syndrome symptoms in young children in India. What experts now say is that what coronavirus disease and Kawasaki syndrome have in common is the acute immune response that they trigger in the body, which makes the body go into shock. So what clinicians who are treating these children, what they're saying is that children... Most of the children with the syndrome have had a severe and prolonged inflammatory response to coronavirus disease infection. And most of them have not had severe lung disease in the past, unlike uh, the majority of cases in adults. So what they're saying is it's, it's still an evolving situation. It is clear that these symptoms are reported in only a few of the children who are getting infected. But it's important for parents to know who are worried about their children's health that if the child is appears to be going into shock, and I'm going to talk about the symptoms you need to watch out for later, they must rush the child to the hospital because it could just be that, uh, that you, they should not miss the symptoms of the child being sick, especially if they, the child has been exposed to somebody who is infected with coronavirus disease. So what then at the end of it, what we know is that children are not invulnerable Yes, most of them get mild diseases, so parents don't really have any reason to worry because initial data from China has shown that children are largely spared. And also, the cases detected through contact tracing just showed about 13% of the confirmed cases had no symptoms. And when I say no symptoms, that usually means that the child has had very mild disease. But what is worrying here is that even children who've had mild disease can infect others, which is why we keep saying if you have somebody with coronavirus disease at home, 
keep children away because they may not really get sick, but they are capable of infecting other people. So if you have older people in the house, if you have elderly grandparents, if you have neighbors who are older, the chances of the child unknowingly infected them remain pretty high. Every day we're getting new information about coronavirus disease. And now there's a new study from Germany which has found that children are as infectious as adults. So this was research done in one of Europe's largest university hospitals, which is in Berlin. And researchers there found that the virus in the respiratory tract, which is the main route of virus transmission, is not significantly different across age groups. So the amount of virus in the respiratory tract of children was as high as adults, which really shows that they can spread infection because as we all know, coronavirus disease spreads through coughing, breathing, talking, sneezing, uh, through respiratory droplets and respiratory aerosols that can be inhaled by another person or they can fall on surfaces, contaminate them. And again, you know, if the person touches that surface and then touches his face or mouth, can inhale these virus and get infected. But again, the good news for parents is that critical illness is very rare in children. Children just account for 0.6% of uh, people who are hospitalized and is usually concentrated in the highest, in the youngest infants and newborns. And according to the United States uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention data, infants appear to be the most likely to be hospitalized. But even then, deaths are very rare. So what are the signs of trouble that you should be watching out in young children? And especially young children because they're most likely to get very serious disease. Well, you should watch out for children who are looking pale, who have high fever, who suddenly feel abnormally cold to the touch. If you find that they have trouble breathing, if the breathing gets irregular or if they pause, they hold their breath while they're breathing, if they start making grunting sounds... Uh, difficulty breathing, obviously, is, of course, is a sign. But you should also watch out for their lips turning blue uh, because that, that, that's a sign that they're not getting enough oxygen. Then children with Kawasaki syndrome, they could have uh, fits or seizures. They could just be crying incessantly without any obvious discomfort. They could suddenly become lethargic, unresponsive, and develop a rash that doesn't disappear with pressure, which is a class test. So these are some of the things you should watch out in newborns, in young children, and children under five, and children under one, because really children under one year old are at higher risk. We've had a couple of deaths in very young children in India who were just a few months old. So the, the thing is, we know that children are largely spared, that children don't have severe disease, but that does not mean that you should ignore symptoms because if the child is ill, take them to a hospital, ensure that they get the best possible care, because it's a new disease, we don't know enough. And until we do know more, unless, until we do have a vaccine, unless, until we do have a very effective treatment, we have to reach help and give the child, give the person who's infected the best possible treatment available. And right now, most of the treatment is symptomatic because... It's, it's just managing symptoms. It's ensuring that the person can breathe, is, gets enough oxygen, is oxygenated, and the person is put on ventilator if needed to ensure the blood oxygen levels stay up. So we have to ensure that their lungs get support and they keep breathing so that they can fight the infection and, and recover and get back to normal.
If you still have any queries or would like me to cover a certain health topic, do feel free to reach out to me. You can reach me at sunchex, that is at S-A-N-C-H-X or at HT Smartcast. We are available on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. For more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. Until next time, goodbye. This was an HT Smartcast original. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.